What's up, the Online Church? Welcome to our online library. We hope this message blesses you and causes a shift inside of you. Be blessed and stay tuned. Amen and amen. Glory to God, church. Hallelujah. Um, if we are still on our Oh, okay. Then I guess Jay, let's be on our feet, right? Uh, I, I want us to read the, the, the passage of, this, of the Bible that God laid in my heart. Uh, I mean, if you like it, when God lays something in your heart, right? Because when God lays something in your heart, it's always different. It is always special. It comes with a new kind of aura and ambience. It means different when God lays it in your heart. Amen. So right now, if you're with your, if you're with your Bibles, phone, digital Bible, flippable Bible, I mean, world is a digital place now i mean everybody doesn't need nobody needs paper bible anymore all right um if you're with your bibles and uh, you know where genesis is i want you to open your bible to the book of genesis if you don't know where genesis is genesis is the first book in the bible right uh if you just go past the preference and all the story that we hardly read in our bibles you go straight to genesis right and uh let's go to genesis chapter 11 genesis chapter 11 and uh, if you are there, let's jump right down to verse 27. Genesis chapter 11 and in verse 27. And it says this, this is the account of Terah's family line. Terah became the father of Abraham, of Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran became the father of Lot. While his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in awe of the Chaldeans in the land of his birth. Abraham and Nahor both married. The name of Abraham's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. She was the daughter of heir of Haran and father of both Milcah and Iscah. Now Sarai was childless because she was not able to conceive. Now I want to go to the next chapter, which is like the next verse. That's chapter 11. Oh, sorry, I'm still, sorry, sorry, I beg your pardon. Still in the same chapter of uh, Genesis 11, I'm so sorry. Um, verse 31 says, Terah took his son Abraham, Abraham, his grandson Lot of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram, and together they set, they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he married Haran. Uh, and he, sorry, and he died in Haran. I'm sorry, I don't know what's wrong. Verse. Now let's go to the next chapter, chapter 12 of Genesis, and um, the first verse. The Lord had said to Abram, "Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you." Amen. Amen. This morning I will be speaking on um, the enemy called familiar. Amen. The enemy called familiar. And right now let's bow our heads so as we pray and welcome God into this. Father God, we say thank you for a time as this in your presence. Thank you for what you have prepared for us. Thank you God for we assure God that it is another time for you to blow our minds and teach us what only you can teach us, show us what only you can show us, and birth your understanding and life into us. Thank you, God, for your word come alive in our hearts. Be exalted, God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. You may be seated in God's presence. Um, first, before before I start, I, I have to say this. Um, firstly, um, I have to feel like I, 
I need to apologize for something, right? I don't always like feel like apologizing sometimes, but we gotta apologize. Assuring God, Amen. But I feel like I gotta apologize, right? Last week I was preaching my sermon, which was very good, by the way, very good sermon, and I got carried away. It was Mother's Day, and I didn't get to publicly give a shout out to all the moms for all the beautiful and amazing things y'all are doing for us. My mom is right here, and if I don't say this, if I don't say it well, I feel like I won't eat for the rest of the week. But I'm just kidding, but. All the moms y'all are doing amazing things and i don't think we need to like tie us to, to tie the um one day to celebrating mothers alone like one day cannot justify in celebration all that our mothers have done for us and all that they will continue to do so right now come on i believe we should put our hands together for the moms all right all the moms y'all are doing amazing you're doing better than you think you are you're amazing women my mom is still clapping so i don't know why the men are stopped clapping come on come on come on Come on, man. For all the moms, y'all are doing amazing. You're amazing. I mean, the work you not do without you, you make the world a better place every day. Amen. And I want you to know, right, that you're doing more than you know. You're doing better than you think. You're amazing. The hand of God is upon your life for good. Amen. All right. Um. Yeah, back to the service, right? Back to the service. Uh, I, um, I remember, uh, I think some years ago, yeah, it's been a couple of years back, we had a dog. I say had a dog. Story, long story short, we no longer have the dog. You know, stuff happened, right? But we had a dog, right? Uh, I think the species was uh, Zimbabwe, right? Zimbabwe, yeah. And uh, I want to share a story, something, something I discovered uh, with the dog, right? When we first had it. So we had this bubble. It was a month old when we had it, right? And then, you know, we didn't exactly have the facilities, you know, to keep the dog then. We didn't have a dog house like Spike in um, Tom and Jerry. We didn't have the house for a dog, so we didn't know exactly where to keep it. So we were like, okay, I think we have um, one of the rooms around the house. We had like an apartment, something like that. I mean, a full house. I mean, it had a room, it had a kitchen, it had a bathroom. I was like, let's put this dog here, right? So the dog automatically became a house owner at one month old. Amen. <laughs> so we kept the dog in that room. We spread a tap the ground for the dog to stay there for a couple of weeks right because we didn't have a home for it you know pending in time we built something for it so i think a couple of weeks later um my brother who is here i had to ask him this before the service just to be sure right and i don't come to preach nonsense right and i, I won't actually so my I, my brother and someone i don't remember who it was they had constructed this house right from just garbage and some things around the house that they could lay their hands on and uh they made this little house for the dog in our backyard right and then uh, the, it was going to be, I think it was, it was comfortable. Uh, at least it would, it would be able to protect the dog even in times of cold at night from the rain. In case anything happens, you know, the dog was safe there. Uh, and we kept the dog there, right? Uh, but I remember, the, I think the very first night we kept the dog there. The dog name of the dog, by the way, was Caesar, right? We called the name Dog Caesar, right? Uh, which is a very odd name to call a dog. But still, we called our na dog's name Caesar. And uh, so... Uh, that the very first night we we took our, we put our dog in that cage we call it a cage right i i remember going i think i, I went to our kitchen that night to uh maybe wash my maybe, i don't know what i was doing exactly in the kitchen i think i was washing my plate or my dish or something like that and uh it, it's a it, it had become uh a, a habit for me right whenever i go close to the dog right i call out its name so the dog can you know know its name so you keep calling caesar to know its name and he identifies your voice and like that so as it keeps growing, it does not forget who you are or your voice, right? So I, you know, whenever, whenever I went to the kitchen, when I went to the kitchen, that night, but still, I called out his name, um, Caesar. 
And normally, the dog I know would get up and I'll hear the chain, I'll hear it stand, right? Because it was getting bigger already, you know? And they grow fast. I would hear it stand or it would bark or something in response to when you hear, he hears his name. Called Caesar, no response, which is very awkward. Caesar, there was no response. Called like one more time, maybe three years. Caesar, there was no response. I latched the house, I was like, yo, something's wrong, something's up. Caesar is no longer in his cage. I just knew automatically that Caesar wasn't in his cage anymore. I opened the door, went outside. Truth, just like I said, it, Caesar wasn't was no longer in his cage. Um, I think its chain had started acting. The chain we used to um to uh, to tie uh Caesar to the cage was acting up. It was not exactly working very. It wasn't strong enough because the dog was getting stronger and it could easily pull itself from his chain. So Caesar was no longer there. Now where is Caesar? Thanks be to God, our gate was locked. As at that time. Another day, the gate wasn't locked and we lost the dog. But that's not the story. That's a very sad story. That's not my story. Now, so that night, the gate was locked. So I knew that definitely Caesar was in the compound. And I know somebody's probably wondering right now, why am I telling the story as this boring? Don't worry, it makes sense in a minute. And so um, I was like, let me go look for Caesar. So I came to the front of the house and as I was calling Caesar, 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 I came to the front of the house and I heard, I heard um, the sound of a dragging, a dragging chain, right? A chain being dragged on the floor. So I knew that that was Caesar, right? Because the chain was still attached to Caesar. So I called out Caesar. Caesar responded. It came to me. Oh, okay, good. It's good. Caesar, thank God you're not lost. But you know, you know what was quite amazing or amusing was I, I kept asking myself. I felt like asking the dog, but I forgot he could not talk back. Where are you going? Like your chain is caught. Where are you going? I discovered that Caesar kept going back to, was trying to go back to the place we put it before. Right? That, but we had changed its location now. Alright. That happened. And the following night, right, my brother said this happened like three nights consecutively. Caesar's chain would cut and it would keep going to the same room we kept it in the first place. I mean, the, the very first time we brought it, Caesar kept going back to the same room, kept going back to the same room. And I started thinking and wondering in my mind, like, why exactly was Caesar going back to that same room? And I knew, and I discovered this, I found this out that Caesar kept going back to where he thought was familiar. Where we kept it, kept Caesar was a new place. He didn't exactly know what he was, you know, he was probably scared. Dogs at a young age are usually scared, so he was probably scared. So whenever he was able to detach itself from where we kept it, he would always go back to a place he felt was familiar. Now here's the thing, the room we kept Caesar before, he did not like the place. My brother is a witness, he would always bark all through the nights because he felt like he was the only one there and the room, he had messed the whole room up with dog poo, dog pee, everywhere was smelling, even the dog did not like it. And because of that, we felt, Caesar, let's help your career a little bit, let's bring you out to the open and put you in a cage. Now this same dog who we are helping its career and we are bringing it out of a place that was all thinking everything. This same dog is returning to the same place that he felt was familiar, although it wasn't exactly made for him. And it kind of makes me start, want, start to wonder and start to think in myself and start to question myself, right? We as believers, what are those places that we go back to that are not exactly made for us, right? But are familiar to us. What are those places we keep going back to that we think is familiar? Although it's not always right. Because not everything that is familiar is good. And not that everything that is familiar is made for us. And I, 
I had to like I, I had to go back to um Genesis chapter eleven verse twenty seven to pick the, to pick the text of my message today. Because I to be very honest, I have never read this passage like this before. I've never gotten this from this passage before. We all know that God wanted to call Abraham out of his father's house, right? But I never knew that it was it did, the dream to leave his father's house did not start with Abraham. The dream to leave their to leave her of the Chaldeans started with Abraham's father, Terran. But Abraham's father was not able to go there. Simple theological answer to that is because he was not the one whose it was not the purpose of God for him to take his family there. God needed to study out with Abraham. Are we listening? Are we following? But I now start to think of the fact that God wanted to take Abraham somewhere, the land of Canaan. But look at the very first verse, verse twelve, chapter one, chapter twelve, rather verse one. He says, "God told Abraham to come out of his father's household, come out of his country, and go to a place I will show you." So, for you to go, for us to um, be able to, uh, for us to be able to receive what God is said to give us, we have to learn, learn to let go of what we think is familiar. Is it making sense? Mm-hmm. We need to let go of what we think is familiar. And if just 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 look at it says, um, the Lord said to Abraham, I said to Abraham, verse twelve, chapter twelve, verse one, go from your country, your people, in your father's household to the land I will show you. So God needed to take Abraham somewhere, but God needed Abraham to first let go of where he felt was familiar, right? So I gotta ask personally i want you to just think of this privately i wish i could like i wish i could tell you to like tell your neighbor this but it might be embarrassing for whoever whatever it might be you know that's worrying us but to you what do you think is familiar what is familiar to you amen what do you think is familiar what do you what what, what to you is familiar but it's not exactly right amen because I want us to start dealing with some of these things today. What is familiar but wasn't made for me? You know, I, 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 want, to, I want to show you something, right, that God showed me over the weekend. And um, it will make sense in a little bit. It will, trust me, it will make sense very soon. But once I, once I show you this thing, I want you to start looking at yourself. I, I'm not saying be introspective and be all like, am I right? Am I doing right? Am I doing wrong? No, I'm, that's not my point. I want you to look at yourself. I want the word of God to be our mirror, right? Where, would, where do we need to improve? Where do we need more change? Amen. That's the main reason, one of the reasons we have the word of God, right? Not to judge us or to, or to chastise us or whatever thing. But this is God make, giving us a mirror of himself, an image that we can look into every day and become better. Amen. Now, Here's what I'm trying to say. Now, I want you, if you're with your Bibles, still with your Bibles, I want you to now go, let's all go to, um, to the book of Numbers. Let's go to the book of Numbers. Uh, let's go to the book of Numbers. There's something I want to show you, right? Numbers um, chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11. But let me give you a backstory real quick, right? Numbers chapter 11 is um, after the children of Israel had come out of Egypt. Right, the children of Israel came out of Egypt in this Numbers 11, and then uh, they had gone through the Red Sea, and they were learning everything. God was giving them the commandments and everything. But I want I want to show you something that God showed me, and I pray He shows it to you too, and you know, to in a better view and better way. Amen. Mm-hmm. 
Now go back, go down to um, go down to verse four, verse four of Numbers chapter eleven. Look at what it says. The rabble with them began to crave other food, and again the Israelites started wailing and said, "If only we had meat to eat." Remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. Now hold on. In case you do not understand this, go back to verse 4 again. It says this, The rabble with them began to crave other food. The rabble with them began to crave other food. The rabble with them began to, began to crave other food. Do you know what the rabble is? The rabble are not actually Israelites. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, not only the children of Israel came out of Egypt, some Egyptians went with them. Are we listening? The, when Moses did the old, let, let, um, let my people go season one and season two, not only the children of Israelites came with him, the Egyptians went with them also. Right? Some of the Egyptians. Now, when the Bible says here that the rabble with them began to crave other food. The rubble here were not Israelites. Actually, the rubble were Egyptians in the midst of Israelites. So sometimes God brings us, God brings us out of Egypt, but Egypt does not come out of us. Egypt's cravings does not come out of us. Egypt is what is familiar to us. Amen? Amen. This is what is familiar, but what is familiar is not always good. I mean, look at the, look at what they're eating: cucumber, melon, garlic. I mean, I don't know how their breath would have. Would have I mean, their breath would definitely stink. Garlic in everyday garlic, garlic and onion. But at this point, they started craving for something, right? That wasn't good for them. But the reason they craved for something like that was because they felt it was familiar. Amen. Now. I will show you something now. I will show you something. I will show you something. I will show you something now. I want you to go back to the same book of Genesis chapter 12. I want to show you something, right? That's why I'm piecing all of these pictures together and all these images together. So God will show you something, right? Genesis chapter, 11, chapter 12, right? The same chapter we read earlier, the way God said, go from your country, your people in your father's household to the land, I will show you. Now, I want you to go to um, verse 4. Verse 4 of Genesis chapter 12. Are we there? Verse 4 says this. So Abraham went... As the Lord had told him, and Lot and Lot went with him. Abraham was seventy-five years old when he set out from Haran. Go back. Ab so Abraham went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Hmm. Hold on. Hold on. The instruction God gave Abraham. If you look at the verse, first verse in chapter twelve of that chapter, right? Is it says, um. Go from your country. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. You know, we often try to, you know, sometimes we try to portray Abraham as someone who was very perfect. But I think this, this, this chapter alone just proves that. Because the instruction of God was to go from your country, from your father's household. Now, he left from his country. He left his father's household. But his father's household did not quite leave him. He left with Lot. The instruction was to leave all of them behind. But even Abraham left a place that was familiar. But familiar did not leave Abraham. And for us, the children of God, right, we, someone is probably, is probably trying to like relate this with themselves right now. But yes, here's the thing. For us, the children of God, we are saved, we are born again, we are a new creation and all that. All things are passed away and all they become new and everything. I know that that's very true, 100%, 100 billion percent true. But I want you to know that 
sometimes we still possess right some egypt nature right what am i saying i'm saying okay we we were born we were born into the world a world of sin right whoever is born into the world a child born into the world is born into sin a child doesn't need to lie before he becomes a sinner it is a child is already a sinner the moment he's born into this life into this world rather because we're living in a fallen world we're living in a world that we're living in a sinful world sinful world rather right so the moment a child becomes born again, or a person becomes born again, we know the Bible says he's translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his God's dear son. Amen. Amen. But not but as much as we are born again and all of that, let's not forget that we still possess something that belongs to this world. This flesh. And this flesh will always crave what is familiar. I don't, know if, I don't know if this is making any sense. This, crave, this flesh will always crave what is familiar. Because even Abraham, the father of faith, could leave a place of familiar, but familiar could not leave Abraham. Abraham could leave a place of fam- that was familiar, but familiar could not leave Abraham. And familiar things are those routines, those habits, those, uh, 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 those attitudes of ours, right? That are not, we, we're born again, but we still have them. We're born again, but we still have those Egyptian cravings. Craving for Egyptian food. Because, it, because like I said, because it's familiar does not mean it is made for you. The room was not made for Caesar. It's meant for people to live in. And even the place was too dirty for Caesar to live in. So we made a place better, a place that was fit for Caesar. But because he's because of Caesar's craving for or cravings for what was familiar, he kept going back to the same place we took it out from. And that is the same way and same reason we see children of God who still keep falling back to sin. Not like they want to. You are saved by faith, right? You are saved. God has saved you and rescued you and done all of that. But the sinful nature. The rabble is still there. You have left the place that you felt was familiar, the sinful world. But familiar has not quite left you. The enemy called familiar. The enemy called familiar. We have to start dealing with this. We have to start dealing with this. It's the enemy called familiar. Because when God called the children of Israel out of Egypt, they came out of Egypt. But here's the thing, Egypt did not quite come out of them. So to get out of Egypt is good, but to get Egypt out of you is another thing. Amen. Amen. So God had to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. But the children of Israel had to recognize that they were not that that Egypt did not quite come out of them, right? Egypt's tastes, Egypt's cravings, Egypt's food—they still longed for things like that. I mean, that's why we can be born again and still, and our flesh still lusts and still do some certain things that children of God should not, ordinarily not do. It's not like God. It's not. It's not like it's our fault per se, right? But it's the familiar, what we think is familiar. What our flesh sees as familiar, just like our dog Caesar. The room it saw as familiar was where it kept going to. But for God to take you where, to where he wants you, 
or to give you what he wants to he has to, you have to first let go of what you think is familiar i don't know if this is making any sense okay. you have to first let go of what you think is familiar and um i want to show you what god did to children of israel because if you if you notice this now listen to this the children of israel are descendants of abraham right now, when Abraham was told by God to leave his father's house, he left, he obeyed, but did not live alone. He left with his father's household. Right? He left with lots. Now, the children of Israel did the same thing when they came out of Egypt. They came out of Egypt quite alright, and God, they would praise God and do all of that, but Egypt did not quite come out of them. Are we listening? Do you see the pattern between father, Abraham, and his grandchildren, Israel? Do you see the pattern? He couldn't he, he could not handle it, he could not transform that on time. Now the same thing repeated itself in children of Israel. Do you see the pattern? Abraham could not deal with his family on time. The children of Israel had to go through the same thing. Now, I want to show you what God did to the children of Israel, right? So I don't keep you in unnecessary suspense, right? This is not a Bollywood movie, whatever. Now I want you to go to um, um, Numbers, go back to the same chapter of Numbers, chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11. Right. After the children of Israel complained, after, after the rabble rather, amongst the children of Israel complained that we want food. We want look. We remember back in in the land of Egypt, we had cucumber, we had garlic, we had onion, and all of that. Now, God was angry with them, and He sent He sent meats. I mean, they had a pool of not, not more than a pool, like an ocean of meats around them. Right? It was so deep. I think like nine centimeters deep, like the height. I believe the way it kept stacking on upon one one meat kept stacking upon the other, and like that till it measured nine centimeters. Amen. Now, Numbers chapter eleven. Let's go down to verse thirty-three, right, of that same chapter. Now, this is this is what God this is what God showed me this week, and I want you to just hold on to this. But while the meat was still between their teeth, eleven Numbers eleven verse three. But while the meat were still in their teeth, and before it could be consumed, the anger of the Lord burned against the people, and it struck them with a severe plague. Now, verse 34 now says this. Therefore, the place was called Kibroth Atava, because they buried the people who had craved other food. The place was called Kibroth Atava, because they had buried the people who had craved other food. And do you know what the literal interpretation of Kibroth Atavar is? Kibroth Atavar simply, literally means graves of craving. Graves of craving. And I, and I, I just have to stop, it right, stop right here and, and ask, right? How many of us need a funeral for our rebels? For what we think is familiar that has gone with us. I mean, we've led the place of that the place we thought was familiar, right? But the familiar that is still with us. How many of us need to lay this familiar, lay them down, right, and to bury them? Because that is the same thing God did to Israel. God ensured that everybody who craved 
Egypt, Egyptian food, who, are, who were actually the rebels amongst them, that's the Egyptians among the children of Israel, God ensured that they all died right there. So, you need a funeral for your family. You need a funeral for your family. What you think is familiar, familiar habits, familiar uh, 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 routines, exercises, attitudes, behaviors. You need a funeral for them. Because familiar is not always, because what is familiar, like I said, is not always good. And what is familiar is not always made for you. Because God knew that the same church, the same rebels. Did, did you, do you see that this same rebels that came out with the children of Israel provoked God into anger and God was angry at his own children because of the rebels in their midst? And God said in his heart, must have thought in his heart, right? That I don't think the children of Israel can continue with these people. I think it's time to bury them here. Kibroth Atava, the graves of craven. We need a funeral for our family. Funeral for our cravings. That are our fleshy cravings. That are that, that does not exalt God. Does not, that does not make us any better as Christians and believers. We need what? A funeral. Amen. Amen. In case in case you're still, you know, wondering, you know, what happened to Abraham and Lot, I'll tell you. Right, I think the very next chapter, chapter of um, chapter thirteen of Genesis, Abraham Abraham had to separate or had to part ways with Lot. Do you know why? Because Abraham because Abraham started to sense that there was um how do I put this? There was contempt between or contention, better still, between Abraham's nephew Lot. And uh, his herd men, his herd men, right? People who were in charge of the sheep and all of that, his lot's business, and uh, the men of Abraham, right? There was contention and strife between them. Because here's the thing darkness and light can never actually work together. There will always be strife and contention. Spirit will always wage against the flesh, and the flesh against the spirit. And so Abraham knew at this point that he had to cause his separation. So he told Lot, you know what? Go your own way, I'll go my own way. So even Abraham had to recognize at this point that he was going with extra luggage. And he was not going with someone who would help him or who was to help him. He was going with someone who was dragging him back, pulling him back. Amen. Amen. What is familiar to you? What is your familiar? What is that? What are those familiar cravings, familiar things we keep going back to? You need a keyboard attaver for it. You need a grave. You know, you need the graves of craving. You need to bury them, to part ways with them. Amen. Amen. Because you know, I, I saw something in that same book of Genesis chapter thirteen, if I'm not mistaken. He said, uh, he said, he said, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how, how, you, how you put it. I, I don't have, a, I don't have a reference here, but. I hope you read it this week. I, by the way, whenever I say please, whenever I say read during the week, I really want you to read during the week, right? Because there's, there's more, there's more that God can tell you, right? There's only so much I can do within about forty something minutes in my sermon. But you can do even more during the week when you read these passages of the Bible, right? Right. So uh, in Genesis, Genesis chapter thirteen, if you read down, it said something like, um, "The Lord kept following Abraham everywhere." 
he went. So the only thing Lot did was to follow Abraham. He did not add any value to Abraham's life. He kept following Abraham everywhere Abraham went. And that's the thing about familiar. Because it is because 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 it is familiar does not mean it is good. Okay, let me ask you let me ask all of us one question, right? Um and uh, I'm, I'm very sure that we all, at some point or our lives, will be able to relate to this. How many of you have ever thought of um, going somewhere where nobody knows you before? You just go somewhere, maybe start a new life or something like that. I'm not, I'm not saying like you, were, you went to jail before or you stole or killed somebody. I'm not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying like maybe um, something happened and you just felt like starting life again or going somewhere new. How many of you have ever thought like that? Okay. A few hands. Okay. Okay. All right. Let me, okay. Help me, God. Help me with this example. So everybody can actually relate to this. Now, um, for people who ever feel like going somewhere new, right? Okay, no, okay. This would be a better example. Um, if you were a high school gangster, right? You were a very bad person in high school. Or, or uh, you used to do bad things, right? Every, now, if I say you used to do bad things, who many, if I say how many of you used to do bad things, no hands will go up. I know this is a holy place and everybody likes to lie and fake and do all of that. All right, but... Do you know that uh, for people who like um, want to start a new life and everything? Now, I want you to picture right now. How do you think you would feel if you meet someone all of a sudden in your new life where you have maybe gotten a new name, for example? We see all those spy movies, of course, where they change their name and they start a new life, right? And then you meet, you get, you, you meet someone all of a sudden, or they meet, or the spy meets someone all of a sudden, who says, uh, who calls, their, calls them by their real name or by their old name? And say, oh, you look familiar. Are you not from this place? And then he mentions a place where these people don't even want to remember again. A place, probably they're from a life, they're from your past life. For example, God just transformed someone who used to be, um, who used to be a sex worker, for example, right? Uh, what we call prostitute over here. The modern and uh, sexy name for that is sex worker, right? Now, a sex worker, for example, who got saved into the, and, and was born into, the, uh, born into the kingdom of God, and God is doing all of this mighty stuff for them, and they don't even want to remember their past, right? Not like they are ashamed, not like they are ashamed of it, but some people just don't like talking about their past. And then someone meets them all of a sudden, probably someone who had patronized them in the past, and says, Ah, I know you. Are you not this person from this place? Do you know the. The, I don't know if it's the shame or something that comes over that kind of person. Because when who this person this person who just meets them out of, from nowhere and starts asking and says that they are familiar. Here's the thing. The person is looking at them not with their not 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 as a changed person or as a born again. The person is looking at them with the same lens of who they used to be. I don't know if the sample made any sense. Of the of the um the person will look at them with the same lens of who they used to be, their former life, who they no longer are. Right? That is familiar. Now, I'm asking you now. What to you is your familiar? What is that thing, right? That although you're saved, right? Or maybe you're, okay, for example, maybe, maybe it's still a place for you. Right, not exactly home. Don't get me wrong. So nobody takes my message out of context. I'm not saying leave your family and run out of your family and something like that. that's very dumb. And I will never say that. I'm saying familiar does not always mean a place. For example, it probably it, it might at some point, but it doesn't always mean a place. Sometimes there are internal things. Familiar means habits, like I said, routines, lifestyles, uh, examples, 
right? Limitations. Those things that, although we come out of we've come out of Egypt, but those things didn't quite leave us. I don't know if it's making any sense. I remember I, I never planned to say this, so I just I don't know why I never planned to say many things and they just come out of my mouth. Um, years ago, my my mom, I think it was my mom. Yeah, it was my mom, and uh, uh, God forgive me for what I was about to say. Right, it's, it's about me, but you have to forgive me how I'll quote you my example now. Now, my my mom um used to complain about something I did. Right? I felt she was just. I felt like you're always talking about this, and it was that I had anger issues. Right, my anger was to the top whenever I got angry, and. I mean, I was saved. I was a child of God. Of course, I was a child of God. I mean, it's not like I wasn't a child of God. I was. I was. But my anger was not exactly the anger of a child of God. <laughs> Amen. And she would always complain, you're too angry. You got to pray against the spirit of anger. And everything for my mom is a spirit. Everything is actually true. Everything is a spirit. The spirit of anger, spirit of lying, spirit of sleeping too much, spirit of eating too much. I mean, everything is a spirit, right? So the idea of the spirit of anger just keeps on pissing me off. Why can't you just say pray against anger? Why does it have, have to be? But then I understood much later. Now, she said pray against the spirit of anger. You're, you know, you're always angry and it's very bad the way you're, you get angry and everything. But at some point, I recognized that this is actually true. I, I, I lost my temper at some point where I felt like I could have controlled this. Why did this blow out of proportion? That I was quite saved, but I, had, I still had some things, some property of Egypt in me. That I had to do away with. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying I am I'm not saying I am perfect or something. I mean if you if you mess with me, just pray I'm in a good mood that day. I'm just kidding, but I'm not I'm not I'm perfect now. But at least it's under control. Right? But the same way we are children of God, we need to identify what we see or what we think is familiar. What we keep going back to. We keep going back to. But we keep going back to when things are not exactly smooth for some of us and when some, some sometimes when we when some of us feel depressed what we go back to sometimes is pornography something to fill the all something to fill that space we go back to what is familiar to us right some of us we keep going back to the same relationships god has told us to come out of because it is just familiar we think we feel safe in those places or spaces but because they look good does not mean they are made for us. I forgot to take you where he wants to put take you where he wants to take you or to give you what he wants to give you. You have to learn to let go of familiar. Preacher once said, unlearn your limitations. Those things you have programmed your mind that I cannot do beyond this point. If you want God to do more for you, you have to unlearn all of that. Let go of what you think is right. Let go of what you think is right. Unlearn your familiar. Let go of familiar. Because familiar is because it is familiar does not mean it's good for you. I don't know if this made any sense today. I mean I kind of wish it was better. I don't know. This is my this is my course to be and carry on. I don't know. But whatever your familiar is, I want you to take it to the funeral point. The cross of Calvary. That is the place where God creates a separation between your Abraham and your Lot. That's the, your spirit and the things of the flesh, right? That's not, I'm not saying you become perfect, no. But you are not going to allow the opinion 
of your rabble creates a, a, a um uh i don't know if i should call it a mishap or, or create um or, okay let me say this way you wouldn't let the opinion of your rabble drive you you won't be driven or controlled by what your what your rabbles think just because i feel right now that i should commit adultery does not mean i will commit adultery i mean i will not commit adultery because i will not let the voice of my flesh direct me or rule over me i don't know if this is making any sense the enemy called the million we all have it we all have it i mean it's it's, it's for everybody me inclusive i mean i have to go back and listen to this message and pray to god whatever i think is familiar wherever i run to uh, because it's familiar for me right i have to learn to let go of those places oh god god should i really tell should i really tell this story okay i've never told anybody this but hopefully i'll tell us this this is my last story god no more stories god no more stories thank you god now um at a point in my life i was I was, I was, I say at the point, at different points of my life, I was really depressed. And um, it was really bad for me because, you know, it ate into my soul, my soul deep within. I mean, all thoughts that crossed my mind. I kept going back to what I thought was familiar, sometimes it was pornography. But there's one thing stood out for me. Um, when I was depressed, um, I kept looking for ways to be happy, right? And then I kept running to comedy. I would watch people do comedy videos, watch comedy here and there. Watch, I mean, my YouTube um, downloads was something like that was filled up with comedy videos, different comedians. Although some were talking trash, I was just watching everything. Because I love to laugh, right? But I wasn't happy in that moment. So I ran back to what I thought was familiar, jokes right to fill a space that only God can I needed to be happy but I kept running back to comedy and I would watch and watch and watch and watch and watch and I'm telling you this thing continued up until this year no kidding I kept going back to comedy up until this year early this year God God told me I was I had I downloaded about three or so videos I, I watched one up, up, up to the half point or something and I felt God speak to me that in that moment and said you know this thing you're watching cannot really fill you this cannot make you happy. You can laugh, but for a short while. After you leave here, guess what? You become depressed again. This will not fuel you. Because it is cucumber, and it is garlic, and it is onion, and it is Egyptian food. And because it looks like food or it tastes good in one moment does not mean it will fuel you. Because it is familiar does not mean it will fuel you. Because it is familiar does not mean it was made for you. Because it is familiar does not mean it is good for you. And I had at that point, I had a choice and an option to either let go of this and cling on to God, cling to God, knowing fully well that I am not going to be happy because of a comedy video. I might laugh, but happiness is not, happiness is not how many times we laugh in a day. Now, happiness is something from the inside. Happiness is a choice. I choose to be happy right now, right? I will not wait for a particular day to be happy. I will not wait for a comedy video to be happy also. I choose to be happy right now because the Bible says that God wherever the Spirit of God is right there is liberty another another, another uh, scripture says that where God is there is uh, uh, what, what, what was that passage again I think it says um, fullness of joy thank you in presence of God there is fullness of joy so if God is present with me right now and I know God is inside of me I don't need to look for joy somewhere else 
I know exactly where to go to. If God is here right now, I am happy right now. I have joy on my inside, welling up like a well. It's like a spring of waters, living waters welling up on my inside. I made a choice. And you all will have to. We all will have to, every day, to either let go of what we think is familiar. Right? And cling on to God to fill the space. Okay, go, I'll keep running to what is familiar. I keep and, and I keep getting dragged back, and I just, I just, I just, God, I just hope that this, I just hope this, this is enough for your children, God. I, I just hope, I just pray, God, that that this um this touches people you wanted to touch, God. I don't know if it's gonna be everybody. My prayer, God, is let us help us identify what we see as familiar. It's only when we let go of that can we accept your promises for us. Thank you, God. Right now, I want us to stretch forth our hands like we're about to receive something. Right now, under our breaths, whatever, whatever place we might be right now, I want us to start talking to God. God, help me let go of familiar. And even as we go this week, because there really is no time to pray right now, but even as we go this week, right, I want you to pray this, God. God, we let go of familiar. The places we run to, routines, the habits, the, the characters, the attitudes, the behaviors, the limitations, the examples, God. All of those places we run, we, we keep running back to. When we feel like we are in, we are in an unfamiliar place, uh, place or space, God. Those familiar things we keep running back to. God, we let go of all of them right now. Because, because they are familiar does not mean they are good for us. We let go of what we think is familiar and we hang on to your promises, God. We hang on to your word that you will fill us, you will direct us, you will guide us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And right now, probably you need to, the first step you need to do, just like God told Abraham, get out of your father's house, get out of your father's nation, get out of this sinful nature. God is not saying jump, go to space or whatever. No, God is saying you need to be transformed right there you need to make that decision that yes although i am the word i do not belong to the world and this is how you accept and claim your citizenship that it already is in heaven you really need to make a decision in your heart right now if you need to make that decision with me right now i want you to say it together and together we say it as a church with and in land church with family and we say this prayer together say lord jesus come on come on i can't hear you say lord jesus we thank you for your love and your life Thank you for leaving heaven in all its glory to become a man, flesh, just to die for me. I thank you for your love that is made manifest in all of this. Thank you for resurrecting as the, as the, as the receipt for all my debt being paid. I accept you into my heart to be my Lord, my Redeemer, and my Savior. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, listen, come on, let's put our hands together for everybody who made that decision right now. Amen. If you made that decision, listen. It is it is a progression. It's, sorry, it's a journey of progression for all of us, right? It's not like we're perfect immediately. 
right? God is working in us. The Bible says, giving us the desire. It is given, right? He has not given already, as past tense. It is given. Present continues. Always giving us the desires of his heart, right? And uh, I pray that God continues to work in you as he is in us, right? And uh, may these words find solid expression in your heart. So if you just made that decision, listen, heaven is turning up for you. Big, real, I mean, it's the, the party in heaven cannot be compared to whatever shout we want to do, we want to make here on earth. So right now, if you made that decision, we want to work with you in faith. So we need you to text, uh, to mail, saved. So also on our email, uh, to our email at tutorialglobal at gmail.com. That is saved once again, at tutorialglobal at gmail.com. And we would love to work with you, share devotional insights that will lift your spirit and will teach you, you know, and uh, show you the way to continually uh, do away with your familiar. Amen. Amen. Uh, I pray that God bless you. Like I said, like I keep on, like I've always been saying, I'll keep on saying, we have a great library of messages that will bless you. We have seen the conscious love consumed. We have hanging on to God's word. We have a lot. Just go and check and I pray you find. <laughs> you will. Amen. Let's be on our faith, everybody. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And dear Father God, we thank you that as we go this week, that you are going with us. That you are making ways where we think there are no ways. God, as you continue, God, to separate us from what we think is good, but is actually poison. The food that enemy keeps on feeding us, that's actually poison, God. As you continue to separate us, God, we surrender our hearts to you, God. Bible says, humble your hands under the mighty hand of God, and in due time, He will lift you up. And God, we humble ourselves under your mighty hand every time, God, that you continue to work surgical operations on our inside, separating what is familiar so we can embrace your promise. And as we go, God, in this week, may your peace go with us, may your presence go with us, may, you, may, may, may your countenance be risen above us. And God, we pray in the name of Jesus that your peace. Shalom, health, and wholeness. That he be with us. That he be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. And be thou help me. Enlightened. God bless you. I love you all. See you next time. Hey, if this message blessed you in any way, I need you to do a couple of things for me. One, join our online growth community. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Teacher Global. On YouTube, hit the subscribe button and the bell icon to know when we post a video on you. Like this video. Comment what spoke to you what transforms something inside of you two share this message with your friends your families even your enemies three pray by giving and whatever god lays in your heart to give do so by hitting the link in the description below hey go out be transformed and be thou enlightened god bless you we love you